GP Insights, a health cert podcast. Practical advice for busy GPs on how to treat with confidence and grow their practice. So, so today I'm joined um, by a very good colleague and friend, Dr. Scott Arnold. He works at the Albury uh, Clinic for the National Skin Cancer Centres. And our topic for discussion is total body photography today. And the reason for that and the reason that Scott is, um, is our guest today will become very apparent as the conversation unfolds. So, Scott, first of all, thank you so much for doing this. And perhaps you could just spend one or two minutes um, introducing yourself and, and telling everybody uh, your, your background, uh, how you got into skin cancer and, and what your current work looks like before we, um, before we talk about TBP. Sure, David. Um, I was a general practitioner by qualification. I'd been sort of fairly itinerant GP working in uh, Western Australia, um, mid-North Coast, uh, Melbourne, other places. Um, But after about 15, 20 years, I had a few crises in the practice I was in, and I really fell out of love with what I was doing. And in fact, it it was a pretty fearful time for me. I was able to envisage that um, I could have potentially ended up on the scrap heap um, way too early and decided I would go and just cool my heels and decide what I wanted to do with the rest of my life in a skin cancer clinic. Wow. And uh, I really... Been really there ever it. since. <laughs> well, yeah, look, uh, you know, within about two or three months, I realised I was enjoying going to work and enjoying right. learning. Wow. And and from there, I embarked upon a path of learning. I did the um, UQ master's course. It was you know, three years of working all day, um, doing skin cancer and coming home and doing more skin cancer. I used to call it living the skin cancer dream. And, uh, it, it was a really exciting time. Everything we were doing was relevant. I uh, had some yeah. fantastic experiences. And so you've been um, full-time in skin cancer for how long now, Scott? Since 2008. Right, right. And you've been at Albury for how long? I've been in Albury since uh, the start of 2017. Fantastic. And can you just sort of paint a picture of what skin cancer medicine in Albury looks like for you and your colleagues, please? Look, Albury is a, you know, medium-sized rural centre, perhaps, you know, we're right on the border combined with Wodonga, yeah. Um, I'd like to be able to spout exactly how many people we have here, but uh, but uh, it's you know a reasonably large, but not Geelong, Newcastle, or Bel- yeah. Newcastle sort of not that big. Yeah. Um, look, it's it services a predominantly rural farming community, mm. and we have a large number of older, fair-skinned people who've worked outdoors. So yeah. there is enormous demand for skin cancer ser- services. Right. And and sort of how many doctors and what sort of breadth of skin cancer services you provide, Scott, in the clinic? Uh, in our clinic, we have five doctors at present. and yeah. We're taking on a, uh, another couple of junior doctors over the next couple of months. Yeah. Uh, most of our doctors are working part-time. Um, yep. So two or three days a week, and most and most of those are doing the other rest of their week in general practice in right. other clinics around the town. Right, and you you provide a fairly comprehensive 
suite of services, as I understand it. Yeah, look, it's yeah. Um, it's very it's has historically been a very surgically based clinic, um, right? A group of doctors who uh, have you know you know enjoyed performing the more complex surgery, and so we've been yep. doing a fair amount of that. Yep. We have a very large general practice within the same building as us. So historically, right. our clinic evolved out of the general practice, right? And so we have had a fair amount of work coming our way from that clinic right and uh, and you know a lot, lot of surgical referrals more recently we've started to delve into photodynamic therapy yeah. and two years ago we um, got the uh, photo finder total body photography set up and so right. we total body photography and uh, dermoscopy sequential dermoscopic digital imaging and the like Fantastic. So that, that's a great segue in, into the, the topic of total body photography. Um, I mean, Scott, you, you've been on quite a journey with, with digital imaging and, and TBP, I, I think, from, from my perspective and, and, and my sense was, and I, this may be a little bit um, inaccurate, and you, you'll put me right, but I, would it be fair to say in the early days you were pretty sceptical of the whole thing? Um, no, I definitely look as far as total body photography goes as a concept. For me, it has kind of been the holy grail, right? That you know, all I all I really want people to do is tell me what I need to cut off, <laughs> and of course they can't always do that. And yeah, right. um, to have something that would point me at the things that really need my attention so yep. I, that which is new or that which is growing or changing right you know is would be like a dream and so for right for probably about the last three or four years i've been very excited about that as a concept right but um the technology i've had hasn't always lived up to my expectations yeah and your the early days with PhotoFinder in your clinic were pretty uncomfortable. I think they, they, it didn't really work terribly well for you, did it? That that's correct. We we had a lot of difficulties, particularly when it came back to taking second images. So yeah. I'm not sure whether the audience would understand that uh, one of the things with this technology is that you can get the computer to do a lot of thinking for you, yeah. and you can take a set of images. And a year later, you can repeat the images, same as you did last year. Yeah. And the computer will subtract the first image from the second one, so to speak, and yep. tell you yep. what's new and what it thinks has changed. Yeah. Uh, which sounds fantastic, but you've really got to have, um, you know, everything working smoothly, I think, for that to work. And yes. that was the problem we had last year. And it's become clear as time has evolved that we... Um, we put in this unit just before we put it in, we got it set up and then COVID arrived, everything went into lockdown, difficult for right. the technical people to come and fine tune things. Yeah. And so we were able to produce nice workable total body photography. Yeah. And to this day, I'm finding it quite useful that I can run it off my iPad and I can look at someone's back and I can hold the iPad next to their back and I can zoom into the back of their right shoulder yeah. And I can look quite clearly and I know whether something is new or changed right. based on an image. But what we haven't been able to do and where we got into trouble was when we started getting the computer to 
take a second set of images and no one noticed that the flash wasn't working. And then the right. computer would tell us that everything had changed. Right. As far as the computer concerned, everything had changed. Or then yep. even when we thought we had it right, you know, people with very, you know, who were very hairy or yes. um, various, various other issues. And then we've since upgraded um, our lens and um, to a polarized light, which is a great step forward. But it has right. rendered everything that we took a year ago, um, uh, you know, not suitable for doing computer comparisons. Right. And so, how do you use the technology now, Scott? Can you can you walk us through a typical, you know, way way of using it? Well, look, the first thing for me is looking at risk. Yeah, uh, I think it can potentially generate an enormous workload if we just take photographs of everybody. But looking yeah. at risk, yeah. um, I tend to look at those who've previously had melanoma mm -hmm. and those who have large numbers of moles, particularly those who have large numbers of funny-looking moles, because yeah. they're, they're really the people, they're going to struggle to tell me what I want to know, which is what's near sure. them. Um, yeah. you know, don't, yeah. They're not always able to identify that. No. So that'll be the first bit. Um, you just in initial consultation, anybody who I think meets the job description of being either at um, you know, increased risk or high risk, yeah. I, I talk it through them and I'll open up the program. We've got a nice set of test pictures uh, that I can show people. And so here's this bloke, he's got moles over his back. Let's zoom on the, in on this one. Let's yeah. look, here's a, mo a mosaic of all those different moles yeah. represented and we can have a look at them. And I find people are generally pretty impressed with the level of technology. Sure. Just being able to, the different ways you can view their moles and compare things. So, so how many, what proportion of your patients would you say get total body photography now, r roughly? I would say probably 40% for sure, 50% or more, maybe. Right. Um, one yeah. of the difficulties I have is that I know what's happening in my room. Yeah. I don't know what's happening in the other rooms. Yeah. 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 And and so do you so a couple of questions there. This is this is really interesting. And I'm as you know, I'm um, about to start a clinic here on the Sunshine Coast with with, with existing colleagues here at Batinia. And the photo finder is um, arriving next week, all being well. And um, so I'm, I'm being quite uh, interested in everybody's experiences about this. Um, if a new patient rolls into the practice, brand new patient, hasn't seen you or, or any of your colleagues before, and, and they're at high risk, do, do you do photography on them before the consult, after the consult? What's your, what's your scheme there? Um, look, in a perfect world, if we knew they were in that situation before they came to me, I'd love everyone to have the photography to start with because yeah. the first thing I can do is I can put up on the computer, I can put up the mosaic. And yeah. I find you can... So the mosaic is just each a photograph of every mole that the computer's identified. And sometimes yeah. you can have quite a lot of them, but you can yeah. scan through it very quickly and the ugly duckling stands out. Yeah. And when you see one, you can just click on it and the computer will show you where it is on the patient's body and give you a more magnified view. Yeah. And 
this I've found sort of to be something I can do just while the patient is undressing. Right. Um, right. The second thing is if they have, as I go through the examination, if I find something that is equivocal, I can image it at the spot. Yeah. And so now I've got a photograph of what this thing looks like today, a, a dermoscopic image of what it looks like today. Yeah. And because I'm using an iPad, I can show that to the, I can just literally take it and I can put it from yeah. the so look, this is what this thing looks like. Yeah. This is what my concerns are. Yeah. And, you know, if it's, if it obviously needs to come off, well, then you steer, I steer things in that direction. Yeah. If it's obviously benign, you know, you know, why did I, why did I take a photo? Sure. Sometimes just because the patient mentioned that one yeah, yeah, yeah. worried about it. Yeah. And, but more commonly, that sort of grey zone in the middle where you could really go either way. There are no definite clues. It just looks a bit dodgy. Um, yeah. you know, in my experience, that sort of thing, perhaps one in 10 of them might be a melanoma. Yeah. yeah. And if the patient, well, you know, then I just put it to them like that. And if they want to take it off, well, we take it off. And if they don't, then it's back in three months for another dermoscopic image, back at 12 months for another dermoscopic image. So that, that's very interesting. And, and you hear when you talk to different doctors, some, some are of the view that photographs for the initial consultation are not useful to them. But I'm very inclined to the way you're talking about that, to say they can add value in the initial consultation. I think it depends on the demographic. Yeah. Uh, I would have to say when I have... Uh, 75-year-old actinopath come in for their first consultation in the clinic. Yeah. I will, the only reason I would pick up the camera in that consultation is to uh, photograph where the spot, where the thing is that I want to cut right. off so I don't take too long to find it next time. Yeah, 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 fair enough. So, so probably on balance with new patients, it's better off to see them first, do a risk assessment, do a do a clinical examination and, and then even possibly if workflow allows, could you do images on the same day and bring them back in or is that just unrealistic uh, in terms of... Bringing them back in uh, afterwards in my practice would be unrealistic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I definitely have people, I meet them for the first time yeah, and we are and we agree at the end of the consultation that they are at higher or increased risk for whatever the reasons are. Yeah. And while I'm talking to them, I, I actually take them through this line of thinking is that what I want, the things yeah. I most want to pay attention to are new or changing things. This is how we do it. So I'm kind of building yeah. total body photography as we go. Yeah. And then I'll send them out to the front desk saying, you know, either we talked about photo total body photography, which is we talked about it and they can mm -hmm. do it if they want to. I don't care much. Or yeah. I recommended total body photography, which means is I want them to have it. Yeah. And then the front desk will talk to the nurses. We, we'll generally have three nurses on in any given day. And if one of yeah. them is spare, then they're often able to, uh, I'd say probably 50% who right. they're able to then have the photography on the day. It's just the order that's changed around. Yeah. And, and I, when I, would you look at those photos, Scott? Uh, on the, uh, In a year's time. Because I've, right. I've already examined that. So in, yeah. in that scenario, I've already examined them. Right. As far as I'm concerned, this is what they look like when they're normal. Got it. And so the photos just document this is what this person looks like when they're normal. 
Got it. And whenever they show up next, I'll, I'll, look, at, I'll look at them then. Yeah, it makes complete sense. And, and Scott, um, any resistance from patients to this at all, clinically and commercially? Um, no, look, really, look, I think there are, generally, if you're aiming at the people who are at increased risk, I find that it is rare to get any argument from them as to whether they are at increased risk. Yeah. And if I then present it to them, well, this is something that helps me identify melanoma earlier. Yeah. Um, then I, I'm finding they're very amenable to that. I, I haven't yeah. heard a peep about the cost of it from anybody. Right. And look, I don't, I don't think we're charging an arm and a leg. It might be 40 or $50. Yeah. Yeah. For the photos, but yeah. I haven't heard anything back on that department. Yeah, no, that 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 that's that's encouraging and and reassuring, and and so that sort of sequence that you use for new patients, Scott, is is that pretty much the the sequence you use for your existing patients? You know, a patient you've been seeing for three or four or five years or whatever, and then suddenly you throw total body photography at them. Same same sort of approach, same sort of outcome. Um, yeah, because really we've, it might have been seen for three or four years, but we didn't have the technology right here mm. in the rooms. You know, previously, yeah. I'd, you know, I might have said, okay, I think it'd be good for you. Now, here's yeah. someone who is in Melbourne who takes great photographs. You can drive to Melbourne and they'll correct, collect, yeah. I'll charge you $300 yeah. for it. Um, so I, I found, you know, through my career before the last two years, there's certainly been people who I'd have liked to have had total body photography, but it hasn't right. been all that easy to organise it. Right, right. And and um, do you, do you, do you think that um, wh where do you think this is going? You you you've been in this business for for a long time. Um, you know, we started out. At, at similar sorts of times, the technology has changed incredibly. What, what you know, you think about this stuff. What, what, what in your mind does this look like in five, 10, 15 years? Look, I still think it'll be a little while till we're out of a job. <laughs> um, we'll get to retirement. Uh, yeah, I, I think. There's a lot of things happening simultaneously. Yeah. For me, I think actually the most interesting thing will be as we at, at, is occurring at the other end, but of the disease spectrum, but is going to mm. I think influence what happens at this end of the disease spectrum. Right. Is we are, you know, we are now finding we've got drugs that we can cure, you know, you know, really control, make big inroads into stage four disease. We're so excited yep. about it. We're now wanting to look at the subset of stage three diseases to who yep. will benefit from adjuvant therapy. Yep. But when you start to look at the costs of these drugs per year of life saved, it's right. staggering. Yeah. yeah. And truly staggering. Yeah. And that brings me back to where we are, where we've got something for $40 we can take yeah. a photograph and record every spot on someone's body. Yeah. I, I think that somewhere along the way, it's going to be clear that all you have to do is undress someone, you know how many moles they've got. And, and 
then we are going to be able to you know, predict who we think are going to be best value for money for total body photography. And it's going to be a large percentage of the population with you know type one to three skin. Yes. Um, and uh, you know I don't I've ne never I don't think this is going to make any sense for the people with darker skin tones. No, um, no, no, for sure. And 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 so uh, just to, to to bring this is really helpful, Scott. Let me just bring the the discussion towards a, a, a close with. Uh, I I won't quote him because it would not be fair, but a very eminent professor of dermatology who is expert in in a lot of these technologies uh, was kind enough to host me um, a week or two ago in in his facility, and, and we know each other very well, and we we were you know, talking about the trials that are underway here and the developments in technology. And, you know, none of us have got an ax to grind with any of this kind of stuff. He, he you know, when I, when I said, well, you know, where does all this go? He suggested, and, and this was just a conversation, that, you know, it's not too far away when we won't pick up dermoscopes anymore because the quality of the total body photography is so good that we'll just be able to zoom in on our iPads as, as exactly as you said. And, and effectively, we're doing total body dermoscopy. And, you know, if, if it is 40 or $50 in, in that, that group of patients, and in Australia, it's a significant proportion. Give me one second, David. I'm just yeah. going to have to... The dog's just let itself in. <laughs> so if you That's all right. That scratching racket was in the background. He doesn't like to be left out of anything. That's all right. Uh, Inner will we'll, we'll edit that out. Let, let me go back a bit. Um, so, you know, this, the, the idea might be of total, total body dermoscopy, where all we need is this, is this one shot of the body a bit like the avatar in the the vectra uh, machine as, as as you know it seems to me that is not completely fanciful and now it doesn't take the doctor out of the equation i think you're right about that it's man and machine together um but it does seem to me and and in terms of value if we're paying 40 or 50 dollars and we are in and we're in australia we're white skinned etc that's a plausible future do you think yes or no uh, i would say yes mm. i yeah. think the uh, the you know the quality of the images would need to improve from what i am looking at at the moment yes. but i can believe yes. it will and Agreed. i think the cost of machines like the vectra and the 3d imaging was going to need to come down substantially yeah. but i believe but i believe it will and I think this is going to remain. It's going. It's going to help point us at the things we need to be looking at. Yeah. Um, and I would encourage, in closing, Scott, uh, and seek your your final comments on this. That, uh, as you know, I do quite a lot of medico legal work for for skin cancer, and um, you know, I'm always very thoughtful and cautious around this stuff because as we know medical legal standards are, are essentially around what what a peer group would deem to be appropriate that's essentially the legal the legal standard 
not what would a professor do or what is the cutting edge of the latest journal. It's what would a peer group deem to be appropriate practice. You know, question to you, it seems to me that there is a group of patients now, the very moly patients, as you say, maybe a, well, certainly a past history of melanoma, maybe a family history of melanoma, where, where actually the required care includes total body photography. And we, we probably couldn't say that a year or two ago. Do you, do you have a view on that one? Look, I think it's been well established for a long time that the very high-risk patients, they really should have it as part of the picture. I recall yeah. um, it, was most, it was one of the, uh, it might have been Thompson from the Melanoma Institute saying that, look, in his group of people who've had four or five melanomas, they come in with their total body photography, and this is back in the days where it was still a nice little picture book or photo album, yeah. and they say, this one is new. Yeah. He said, you just cut it off without even thinking about it because yeah. one in four of them was going to be a melanoma. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and so in a way, we're coming down the hierarchy of patients as the technology gets better and the, and the cost comes down. Well, look, and I think that's the really interesting thing. And we, you know, we've had a few discussion of, about this around the edges. Yeah. What, from in primary care, what is the next question? Yeah. You know, what is the next question about this stuff as to how we apply it in primary care? You know, it's yeah. clear that in uh, melanoma unit with ultra high risk patients, that sure. this works. Um, is it cost effective in yeah. lower risk patients? Um, yeah. Do we find more melanomas than we would just by doing top to toe skin checks? Yeah. yeah. And I think the other thing that has really been on my mind a lot about this recently is how I integrate this into my day-to-day -day practice uh, without messing up what I know I do well, which is a full skin check and thermoscopic yeah. examination that uh, yeah. you know, I'm finding sometimes frightening things that I'm getting you know, engrossed in the pictures and everything. And I suddenly come back and realize I've not looked at one arm or those <laughs> things. And, uh, Scott, this has been fantastic. We've taken up enough of your time and uh, you've given us uh, really, really brilliant insights into the, the journey of total body photography and its practical applications. Um, thank you so much again. And we look forward to, to connecting up with you, I'm sure, in the future on other topics. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, David. I've enjoyed it. Thanks for listening. If you like the podcast, please subscribe so you can get updates whenever we post more. And please share it with others. And for more info, please go to helpsert.com.